Okay, today's Great Women in Fraud is Charity Wright. And I have to give a big shout out to Rebecca Ford, who you guys, I'm sure, have listened to her episode on Great Women in Fraud for introducing us. So, Charity, we kind of start with um, we start with a bit of a speed round, but I'm also going to go with um, a word association. You're my first one for a word association. What do you think of when you hear the word fraud? Criminal. Okay. What about ethics? Values. Ooh, I like that. And TV detective. <laughs> CSI. Okay. Oh, <laughs> There's so many. I watch all the shows. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I kind of like it. Okay. And then my sort of speed round is, um, are you a Mac or a PC person? Mac now. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you were PC when you were with the government? I, I was PC before I came to record a future. <laughs> okay. I'm a Mac person. Go Apple. Um, who makes better embezzlers, men or women? Women. Oh, I like that. And you don't really have that background. So I'm interested to know why you say that. I don't know if that's true. That's just my guess. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. Um, what is the best money you have ever spent personally or professionally? Vacations. Oh, Definitely like time off. It's well worth it. You got to live life. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So Charity, why don't you give the great woman in fraud audience sort of your elevator speech? Sure. Um, my name is Charity Wright. I'm from Dallas, Texas. <clears throat> my voice is a little hoarse today. Um, my background is in U.S. Army. So I started my career in the Army in 2005. I joined to be a Chinese linguist, not really knowing what that meant, except that I'd be translating in some capacity. Um, I ended up serving at the National Security Agency as an analyst for several years. And after my Army career, I pivoted into private sector cybersecurity. So, and also I'm a single mom of two kids and three dogs. So that's a big part of my life. Um, I think it's good when the dogs outnumber the kids. What do you think? <laughs> they keep the kids busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're with Recorded Future. And as we said prior to the starting, this is kind of a crazy time given what's happening in Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. So, even though your expertise is China, it still is so incredibly interconnected and you're working at a place where it's just, you know, all sorts of things are happening. Mm -hmm. We have a really incredible intelligence team. It's called Insect Group. And it's a, a I, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 analysts and researchers um, from all different backgrounds, languages, cultures. It's, it's a really cool group of people. And we're split into kind of specialty sections. And I recently joined the Global Issues team. Um, we started this team maybe eight or nine months ago. And it's really an incredible group. We get to report on all kinds of geopolitical intelligence that's happening around the world, including military intelligence. And um, our, we source most of our information from open sources. So um, whatever you can access through the Internet. But, um, you know, since since Russia invaded Ukraine and actually for about six to eight weeks prior, we were collecting and reporting intelligence on the troop buildup around the border. And um, 
things have gotten really intense over the past week during this war. And it's, it's been really challenging, but we feel like we're doing really valuable, important work right now to help Ukraine, um, you know, fight off the Russian troops. Well, and you just mentioned this um, OSINT. So are you going to go to osmosis this year? We I hope so. Um, oh, we gotta meet my, yeah, a colleague and I are, are actually submitting to speak. Um, we've got this really fun idea for a workshop on influence operations, and we're going to try to gamify it. We're going to make some kind of fun game for the audience to participate uh, and compete against us to conduct some kind of uh, malign influence operation. Oh my gosh, Cynthia. Hopefully it gets accepted. <laughs> oh, I'm sending an email to Cynthia saying, uh, pay attention to this. And then we get a meet in person. And um, I know of little side parties that you will be included in. So oh, that would be, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm all about the parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's a wonderful conference. And um, I know someone else who just submitted also. So, and I just think people want to get back in person. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. I'm one of those. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're I've, not bringing the kids and dogs. Oh no. <laughs> um, work conferences and parties are my excuse to get a little break. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so for open source, I assume like China owns TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I'm scared to be on TikTok. And my daughter actually said, mom, don't bother. Um, <laughs> But like, I kind of want to get on it. So, and, you know, we had this whole thing with Trump said that he was tried to get Microsoft to buy TikTok and everything like that. So do you have an opinion on China and TikTok and, you know, what's going on? Yes. Well, before the the whole situation where Trump was addressing TikTok as a Chinese company, um, which ties into actually the Chinese entity is Douyin and the U.S. entity is TikTok. Now, they are owned by the same organization. But after I did some you know, due diligence and some research with my team, um, we started seeing some changes implemented to improve security for TikTok and also to help protect certain demographics of users. Now, after all of that, after vetting it, after downloading it on a burner device and really exploring what the security settings are, um, I personally decided to allow my uh, teenage kids to use TikTok. At first, it was just on a specific burner phone, and I implemented all of the strictest security settings possible, which really limited the audience that can see my children's videos. And I'm one of those parents as a cybersecurity professional. I have pretty tight control over what my kids put out to the world. Um, I briefed them on, you know, military style. I'm Sergeant Wright. I was like, Sergeant Mom is telling you, like, you're not allowed to talk about personal things. You're not allowed to talk about your name or use real life information, your, your, your real age, your dog's names. None of that can be put out there. Um, so they understand the rules. I've had to, you know, kind of steer them back towards those rules a few times because they want to do what everyone else is doing on TikTok. Um, 
But I explained to them, if you want access to this platform, it's going to be restricted. And that's for your own safety and security for your age level. Uh, and, and, you know, we do see a lot of reports come through about various social media platforms that are endangering our children with content. Um, sometimes threat actors are targeting children on these platforms. So I'm constantly looking out for that. I'm also... Uh, I have a little trick for all the parents out there. I actually had family members of mine follow my kids on TikTok to alert me if they see anything that is outside of my rules. So even though uh, they don't have their own accounts, uh, they uh, or maybe they created an anonymous account or something. They follow my kids like my mom and my sister uh, are able to check in and say, hey, uh, I saw your child posted this thing. And I'm like, Oh, thank you for letting me know. It takes a village. <laughs> I was going to say that exactly. And what you, what was really interesting, you said, I mean, this is an interesting, interesting, but about dogs and their names. So just this past week, a woman who laundered over a billion dollars, she lived in London. She was found in a very small town in Spain Pretty much because of her dogs, because she was out walking the dogs. I believe so, it. Yeah. Dogs and kids will lead us to that little, as as I bet you know from Rebecca, nerd nugget. The dogs <laughs> and kids are nerd nuggets. Yes. So it's yeah, true. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I spent I spent about two years working in a role at a private cybersecurity company, and my role was primarily in the criminal underground, dark web. Um, I have a webinar out there called Dark Web Demystified, if anybody is interested in learning what the dark web is and how it's accessed and what we as cybersecurity professionals are looking for in the dark web, how we use that intelligence to protect organizations. But what I also learned was just the quick and easy tricks that criminals are using to gain access to people's accounts, unauthorized access. And usually it's passwords. Passwords. Weak passwords. Say, weak passwords. I just put in um, a password for my daughter's, I'm not going to say which account it was. And it popped up in LastPass that it had been found on, you know, a list. So I had to text my daughter and say, you know, you need to update your password because it's been, and LastPass noted, I think this is a new thing with LastPass. They notified me that it'd been shown on a list. So, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important to sign up for some kind of service. Some of them are free through your bank or your credit card company, um, but signing up for that kind of fraud protection to get those, you know, near real-time alerts from dark web. Yeah. Markets. Yeah. So, um, and my kids hate my passwords. I won't say why they hate them, but they, they think they are just ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, but you know, well, my daughter's password is compromised. So, um, but yeah. it's for, it's for a silly thing. So it's not like it's, you know, really important, but then you can backdoor into other things because where's that? I don't know if she uses that same password anywhere else. Right. So, um, right. They'll, yep. The criminals will <clears throat> use password spraying to use the passwords that they've already found that you use and just see what else it can apply to. That's why I try to explain to my kids, let me help you set your passwords and store them in a password storage application. <laughs> so, um, Do you know what an aptonym is? No. What is that? Okay. An aptonym, this is a fun little fact. 
is um, a name that's kind of your occupation. So this is a terrible aptonym, but um, there's a woman who just got caught for embezzling, stealing $15 million. Her last name is Steele. <laughs> now, but you mentioned Sergeant Wright. So you should just, now I know it's spelled differently, but you should just tell your kid, <laughs> I'm always right. I know. I told them when I was in army basic training, the drill sergeants used to give me so much hardship about my name, just like in my face. You think you're right. I'm like, this is so old, man. You think I haven't been hearing this my whole life? <laughs> yeah, but now you know it's an aptonym. So hey, kind aptonym, of, I like that. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Um, this is a terrible one, but when my dad passed, he was cremated and the funeral guys name was bill burns no way no i mean i did my sister didn't know about the whole aptonym thing and i'm like she just was like how can the guy who cremates dad be named burns and I'm oh like, goodness it's an aptonym so she learned a fun fraud fact or a fun <laughs> fact that day too so unfortunately um uh, what's the best compliment you have ever received oh gosh um hmm you know, recently somebody told me, Charity, you're doing a really good job with your kids. It's a hard world to raise children in and you're doing it by yourself and you're killing it. And that I immediately burst into tears. Aww. You know, like I don't have a spouse to to be like, hey, everything's going to be OK or comfort me. Um, you know, everyday life just happens. And no matter how close your friends and family are, they don't see the daily routine and the hardships and the discipline and all that goes into raising a child. And whew, man, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I'm thankful for the kids and thankful um, that, you know, we're just blessed. So um, that really was, that touched me more than any feedback I've gotten on my job, which I feel like I'm pretty much married to my work. I love my work and I put a lot of myself into it. Um, but beyond anything, any supervisor or manager could say that telling me that I'm doing good with my kids, that meant a lot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So did you know Rebecca in Hawaii? Cause you guys were both in Hawaii. Were you there at the same time? No, <laughs> I don't. I mean, we've known each other and known of each other for so long. I don't even remember when we officially met, but I blame that on long COVID. I've got brain fog. Um, <laughs> we have, you know, been in contact for years. And um, I think as I've switched between different companies, we've become closer as friends and colleagues. So that's a really fun. I just love her. <laughs> yeah, she is awesome. She is awesome. And um, I love uh, we like post back and forth. She's she's a pink collar news crime stringer. So like oh. there was just a, a woman. Was it a woman? Yeah, I think it was a woman um, that got caught stealing, I think, two hundred seventy thousand dollars. And uh, Rebecca tweeted to me and she's like, not her first time. So like, yeah, it was. Wow. So, yeah. Rebecca is really good about if she sees the story, she'll tag me on it. So yeah. Um, yeah. She's just, it's great to have people like that. Um, do you have a personal motto? Mm. 
Yes, I do. It's tattooed on me, actually. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, it's a scripture from the Bible that really helped me get through some hard times. And it is love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Oh, I like that. I mean, that helped me through my divorce. And then I've also found that it really helps me cope with negative feelings that pop up, you know, here or there for whatever reason. I try to remind my kids that hurt people hurt people. And so when we're dealing with bullies or trolls or, you know, negative people, wherever we are, just, you know, pray for them and understand that everyone's going through a different human experience and, you know, let it go. Got to forgive. Yeah, that's uh, timely because a colleague of mine posted something on LinkedIn this morning that she's had a terrible experience. She's a whistleblower and she's just like, I you know, I forgive you. Like it's, mm-hmm. it takes a lot to get to that point. Um, Absolutely. I joke, I say, I can forgive, but I won't ever forget. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that's important because we have to learn from the world around us and either the mistakes we make or the mistakes other people make um, that hurt us. And so I think it's important, you know, like I've been through a lot of trauma in my life. Forgiving was just me making it, it is literally an everyday choice. It's it's not one and done. It's every day I wake up, I'm going to choose to forgive that person because I deserve to be free of that pain and move forward and not let this hold me back. But it is hard. It's really hard. And there's things that can uh, trigger that pain and bring it back. And you have to make that conscious effort to be like, nope, I'm going to forgive them and move on. Well, and another thing before my dog starts barking here, because <laughs> I can just sense it. And another thing is in our world, we can de- deal with a lot of negativity. I mean, or negativity, but also like, you know, not the world's coming to an end, but we're not the, we're not the clown at the, you know, mall making the kids smile or Mm -hmm. something like that. Or we're not a realtor who gets someone into their first house and it's like a joyous experience. We kind of live in a world that can be kind of negative. So um, it's good to realize that, you know, it is negative, but we can surround ourselves with people that are more positive. Absolutely. Especially in the midst of the crisis that's happening right now in the world, Um, you know, Russia's war on Ukraine and the global impact that's having uh, around the world, it can be overwhelming. I mean, we have in my team, we have felt a range of emotions from sympathy, empathy, pity, anger, rage, you know, just deep grief and sadness. And uh, we're exposed to seeing the front lines and what's happening. It, it can be so heavy working in threat intelligence, working in cybersecurity in general, where we feel responsible for holding up digital infrastructure around the world. It can be a heavy burden. It's important to know when to log off. Um. I was just talking to a colleague last night. We've our company has encouraged us to reach out to people in the company and check on them and and just vent to each other about what we're feeling. And a colleague and I were talking. I I told her to be honest. I've had some intrusive end of world thoughts, like not for my personal life, but um, last night we were 
analyzing a potential nuclear crisis in Ukraine. And we're going, oh my gosh, what does this mean? Like, what if something really big happens here? Um, And I told her, I'm going to be honest. I logged off of work. I went and took my dogs to the dog park. I watched a beautiful sunset with my daughter, had my favorite glass of wine, cooked a good meal. And I was just like, you know what? No matter what happens in the world, we need to focus on what's important to us and take a break from the news. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't mean burying your head in the sand. It means taking a break. Yeah. Taking a break to clear your head and look around and focus on what's important to you and why we do what we do is to protect the people and pets that we love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you could work in a different job field, what would it be? I'm curious about this. Oh my goodness. My son asked me this last week and my knee jerk reaction was I would move somewhere like really beautiful. Dallas is not that beautiful, by the way. It's just fields everywhere. Move somewhere really beautiful and open a dog rescue. And that is something that I used to help out with a lot, like doing dog rescues and transports. And, and that's why I have three rescues, but I just love the joy that you see the change in the animals when they feel loved and adopted and the impact it makes on families. It's so awesome. So I think if I could just drop everything and do that, I'd be extremely happy. Well, I have a foster fail too, because yeah. my daughter fostered during COVID and um, I've got a little street dog from Mexico. So oh, um, sweet. Yeah. And just so much joy. I love that be doing a dog rescue. Um, who's someone you look up to in, in your field? And I'm curious because I'm not really a cyber person, but I've, you know, I have connections. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Besides um, Rebecca. Yes, I have. I have a lot of people I look up to, you know, starting in 2015, when I got into cybersecurity, I kind of cut my teeth on cyber threat intel with Recorded Future as a client. And, you know, the company was much smaller back then, but um, they really stood out to me and helped impact my direction for my career. And when I came to Recorded Future about two years ago, Um, I got to interview with the CEO, Christopher Alberg, and I was a fangirl. I was really excited and nervous. He's um, he's a doctor in computer science, and he has started this wonderful company that advocates for the you know security and protection of democracies around the world, which is something I believe in strongly. Um, And now I get to work often side by side with him. And I still admire him so much. Um, He really emphasizes values in our company, which I appreciate because not every cybersecurity company, um, you know, operates ethically. And I feel like Recorded Future does. So I have a great admiration for Dr. Alberg and, um, and he's just, he's, one of the nicest leaders I've ever met. Uh, so it, it really is an honor to work side by side with him and learn from him. That is so important to have that at the top. 
It is so incredibly important to have that at the top. Um, This leads me to, uh, do you have some podcasts that you like are in your field or just that you think that help you professionally that you like to listen to regularly? Absolutely. She's pulling Um, the phone out. If you can't see, you can't see it, but she's pulling the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I just took a long road trip with my daughter to Colorado Springs and I got to catch up on some of my favorites. Um, so first of all, we at Record a Future, we just started a new podcast called Click Here. Ooh, it is okay. incredible. Dina Temple Rastin is um, she's from NPR. She's got a background, you know, working around the world. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. And she narrates these really interesting podcasts about threat intelligence, cybersecurity, and how it plays a big part in our world. And it's very like narrated like story like um and her voice is just angelic it's great to listen to um the intelligence matters podcast with the former acting director of the CIA Michael Morell um wonderful they they give us great updates on intelligence issues around the world um i also tune into the intelligence podcast by the economist And I got to be honest, one of my favorites I was actually on is called True Spies. Um, True Spies podcast is really interesting storytelling about real world espionage actors from various agencies around the world and some of the highly classified missions they've been on. Um, They tell their stories in a way where you can still kind of get the idea of what they did, where they were really puts you in their shoes. And uh, I was honored to be on that podcast, which is very exciting. Okay. I will put links to all those in the show notes. That is awesome. I love the idea of um, click here by recorded future. That is awesome. So one of my favorite podcasts is pivot with Kara Swisher and uh, Scott Galloway. And I, th- I think you might like some of that because it's tech, it's business, it's, they have some really good guests. Um, so, uh, yeah, people on the podcast always hear me talk about pivot with Scott and Kara and my, I will family. definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, so I, I could kind of see them be, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe your CEO would eventually be on their show or yeah. I don't think he's been on it because I think I would have remembered, but, uh, Yeah. So, okay. Um, what, what advice do you give to some, I'm going to say young woman or young man who wants to do what you do, like enter high school, college, I get some high schoolers who reach out to me and say, I want to do what you do. I would say that they should focus on reading and writing as the foundation for their education. Um, And I say reading because it's really important to read reports from the organizations that are releasing intelligence. So whether that's a government entity like the State Department or, you know, CISA, or it's a private sector company like Mandian or Recorded Future, um, just ingest as much as you can because you're going to learn about the writing style for intelligence reports. You're going to learn how to give that bottom line up front and then go into more details. Um, 
you're also going to learn about how to address different audiences because you're going to brief a government entity much different than you will the general public. Or even if you're writing an intelligence report for a customer, uh, like a private sector enterprise. So I would say, eat it up. You know, if you if you want to be putting out great products, you have to read great products, too, and understand um, what that looks like. And also it'll help you check your bias. We all have biases that affect, you know, we have different worldviews. We have different perspectives Um, coming from U.S. Army and NSA. I came into the private sector with a lot of American bias and now working for an international company with customers all over the world. um, I've had great colleagues around me to peer review and senior review my work. And I think that would be my second piece of advice is um, welcome feedback from people that know what they're doing and be humble It can take a little while to get used to having people critique your work, but as long as you trust that they're giving you constructive criticism, just take a deep breath, read their comments, absorb it and go, okay, they're right. I can improve in this area. And then the more experience you get in that, the more it's going to be like, yes, thank you so much for improving my work. This is, you know, iron sharpens iron. You need strong analysts and professionals around you to support uh, your work and to help you grow as a person. And let me tell you, in this field, in intelligence, we are constantly learning Um, and using analytical language like likelihood and probability. So it helps you get out of the habit of saying this is definitely this or absolutely not a threat over here. You don't, we don't use terms like that. We have to use analytical terms and really create nuanced reports. So um, that's, that's my advice. <laughs> um, I love that iron sharpens iron. That is so incredibly good. I had a, I had a group supervisor when I was a custom special agent and I can't tell you how many times he would edit my reports. And to this day, there is a word that when I type it, <laughs> I like, I swear I see him and he'd say, it's not necessary, pull it out. And every time I type that word, yeah. Um, So that is, uh, that is awesome. Um, uh, So one other question I have is, um, do you have a product or a service that you think helps people most in like open source intelligence? And I'm not talking about like, you know, the social media platforms, but maybe organization or um, an app that helps you, um, uh, you know, organize. Aggregate information. Yeah. 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 There are so many great open source tools out there, but I'm going to be honest. One of the ones I've been using the most in my current role. Well, first I should preface it with my current role. I focus nearly exclusively on Chinese influence operations. So I'm talking about state sponsored propaganda campaigns and uh, covert, you know, troll farms and, um, and, and covert inauthentic activity. Um, so my job is to really analyze what is China saying to their own people? What is China trying to say to the rest of the world? And what are they trying to influence? Um, you know, whether that's an election or a policy change or attitudes towards China. Um, that's my, that's my primary focus right now. 
And one of my favorite tools is called the Hamilton Dashboard. Hamilton Dashboard is a free open source tool that was created by, I believe it's the... Uh, what it, it's the acronym is PCIO. I think it's an Atlantic Council product, um, but I have to double check that. But if you Google Hamilton dashboard, you'll find it. Um, Ooh, and it's I'm really so excited. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, oh, it's the Alliance for Securing Democracy is who created it um, okay. through the George Marshall Fund. So an academic source created this wonderful dashboard where you can actually monitor Twitter, uh, state-sponsored Twitter activity from China, Russia, or Iran. You can also, um, it shows you anything from the volume of tweets per day from these state-sponsored accounts. Um, It also shows you the top influencers, the top hashtags, key phrases that they're using, and, um, you know, how many times that they mention China versus the United States, which, by the way, um, behind talking about China, they China talks about the United States the most. <laughs> uh, always negative, pretty much. Um, well, I shouldn't say always. That's not a very analytical term, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really cool to monitor the trends over time, and it helps me identify when anomalies pop up. So just like those of you working in a security operations center looking for anomalies in network traffic, I'm looking for anomalies in influence operations that these nation states are conducting. Um, and that tool is a very handy one. Oh my gosh, that that is awesome. I did a case a long time ago and um, this was, you know, six years ago, no, seven years ago. And they had bought social media followers to look like they were influencers. Yes. And so um, that's what we coordinated inauthentic behavior, CIB. Yeah. I think Facebook oh. uses that term too. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Well, um, Charity, this has been so amazing. I know the audience like is just going to be like taking notes and I'll have lots of links in the show notes. Um, uh, what, what haven't I asked you that you want to get out to the world? Is there something that you're like, oh my God, why didn't she ask me that? Oh, oh no. I think you've asked some really great questions. Um, I don't have anything top of mind to add um, just to take care of yourselves. You know, like we were talking about earlier, self-care is really important and it's easy in our industry for the bad guys or bad women, whoever they are, the criminals to get us down and just remember to um, take care of yourself and your family and focus on what's really important. Oh, but that is an awesome way to end this podcast. I'm just like, and huge shout out to Rebecca for introducing us. And that's the whole thing about this great women in fraud or great dudes in fraud is that we connect each other to the people that we know could help us or just want to lend that, you know, that helping ear or, you know, for things like that. That's what this podcast is all about and to have great, amazing guests like you. I just thank you you so so much, much. Charity. No, thank you. It's really an honor to be here and to meet you today. Uh, And we get to meet in person at Osmosis. Yes, I'm counting on that. (laughs) 